0: Hey y'all, welcome to It's Literal The Pod, and I'm so happy to be here today. Um, I'm going to get into some stuff today. I ain't going to be here all day chatting it up, but uh, we're going to get into some stuff. It's kind of late actually on my end. I was supposed to record this, but you know, your girl been making power moves boss moves out here my dad even called me a boss today and you know when your pops call you a boss and you out here bossing um so I've been a little busy can't wait to tell everybody what I've been on um but yeah I got some stuff in motion and I'm so happy to say that I'm here and I'm doing it so but you know I'm gonna get into the topics for today So let's start off with the productivity tip of the day or the week. Let's just say productivity tip of the week. I guess I keep forgetting um, if I'm doing the day or the week, but whatever. Um, I'm going to say do what you love and then value the money making opportunities secondly. And what I mean by that is like I'm here today and I'm potting because I rock with y'all and it's really what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, But I do have like, you know, some money making jobs, right? Where I'm making big money. And if I have these jobs and I need to um, make sure that this, you know, that this money is coming back to me, And I need to, like, pay for my bills and everything because there's absolutely no way that I'm going to be able to make sure that you all get what you need from the podcast. And then my bills and stuff not being paid because it's like I'm going to be in disarray. I ain't going to be happy. I ain't going to be able to tell y'all what's the tea. I'm not going to be able to, like, you know, be me on the mic because I'm a tourist queen. I like to have my dough. I like to have my cash flow. And if I don't have my cash flow going, it's like, girl, what is you doing? Like, <clears throat> i probably be sleep all day. And, you know, I got this little situation or whatever in my life right now. And I'm like, okay, hopefully this situation is like, you know, a situation situation. Because I really don't like going to work. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, ensure that you keep, you know, what you really enjoy doing up front. Like I said, like the podcast, because this is really going to be the motivation to do that other stuff too. Um, The only reason why I was like making sure that I had my stuff done for my project at work this week is because I know that like, I want to be a podcaster and my job is allowing me to be able to podcast. So I would say, you know, keep that in the forefront, what your goals are, um, and that helps you be more productive. Now, I know this is challenging, right? Because, like I said, we got our bills to pay and sometimes these jobs be training. But there's always a method to some madness. So, um, I know for so many years growing up, I went to church. And I made sure, like, I was at church on Sundays. Um, and I made sure that, you know, I had church outfits. And, but really, like, church wasn't a career goal for me. Like, church was just a part of my routine. It was, like, a part of my, like, mental health, um... And it's a part, you know, like my spirituality, like my religious beliefs. Um, And it was, you know, put into my life now, personally now. And I'm not influencing anybody in this capacity to say, hey, you know, move your hobby into like your church slot. Um, But for me, I no longer participate in like structured religion. Like I'm a pretty spiritual person. So you wouldn't catch me at church, right? And so I now have like Sundays More available, and I know that I could like that could be my routine is okay, I'm doing my podcast every Sunday, right? And I have done that before when I was potting prior to this podcast. I was like, okay, every Sunday was my recording day, and so I feel like we always have these opportunities that we really don't take, and maybe you don't have Sunday, right? Because you have something else that's routinely scheduled there. But perhaps something that you do on Friday doesn't compare to your like your goals that you want to achieve. So maybe you want to be a stylist or maybe you want to be a photographer and you've been filling your Saturday up with, you know, um, activities with your friends that are really fun, but they don't really help you reach your goals that will actually be your ultimate happiness um and so that's when we start having to make sacrifices and hold ourselves accountable because it's like who, are you who you say you are um <clears throat> and that's like a way noble's quote that i always follow is like who are you are you who you say you are what can you do to get better um and when i think about like following my goals and reaching my dreams and I get distracted. I always come back to that because if I go somewhere and I tell somebody like, hey, I have a podcast, but I haven't been consistent with it, I won't even be <clears throat> like, I won't be confident to to really push this. Or I might look bad because now they're going to go and click on my name. <coughs> Now they're going to go and click on my name, and then what we'll see here is nothing, like inconsistency, and nobody wants to deal with that. And so because of that situation, I personally feel like um, you got to hold yourself accountable, and you got to be who you say you are. And if you aren't that person, then that's fine, admit that, but then you probably need to find another goal. Like, you probably need to go towards something that you really Considering that you can be consistent with Because obviously right now. This isn't a true goal of yours. And it could be. <coughs> it could be a dream. Sorry I keep coughing. I'm probably going to have to get me some tea. Yeah but it could be a dream. But it, it's probably just not a goal at this moment. And. That's something that you have to. Understand. Within yourself. Because nobody can. Push you to do anything if you don't truly want to do it. And you can also look at it like, okay, well, why do I have this goal in mind if I don't want to pursue it? Or like what's holding you back? Like what's the fear behind it? I know for me for a while I had fear of being successful. Um, and so like I would study things but I wouldn't put it into practice because like being successful comes with another Persona, like you have to mourn who you are as this person that you know, and sometimes people start holding you up, uh, at a higher standard. Um, you have more responsibilities. There's a lot that comes with success that isn't just that you know, the lights, camera, action aspect of success. And to me, that's scary. I don't know about to you, but to me, that was scary. And now that I've reached certain levels of success within parameters of businesses and jobs and things of that nature I'm way more comfortable with being successful but back in the day when I was like 22 23 and I'm like I want to be a millionaire come on I was super scared like I wasn't around any successful people um people around me weren't making you know a lot of money and I just didn't have enough support in that area to even really become the person that I wanted to be as far as like reaching certain levels of, of success and wealth <clears throat> so I think that's also something to think about like you also have to consider is that where you are like am I causing my own uh, drawbacks am I stopping myself from reaching my goals and my dreams right now Because in many cases, that's what's happening. We're stopping ourselves from reaching our goals. We're not doing what we need to do. Um, And we have nobody to blame but us. And I also say, you know, don't be too hard on yourself because I'm learning that in therapy. So I'm not telling anybody to go beat themselves up and like, oh, just blame yourself. It's all on you. But in actuality, you might want to start considering another plan if You aren't being consistent with, you know, your goals, like what makes you happy, the things you really want to do, chasing your dreams. And I also know that some people just, you know, have created a lifestyle that they may or may not can't afford. I don't know. Um, But it requires them to work, you know, a lot more in an area that they might not necessarily consider it as the area that they want to pursue for the rest of their lives or, you know, their goal or their dream job or whatever the case may be. Now, personally, I don't know how this happened, um, but I think it does. I've seen things like that on social media, I believe, where people have gotten into, like, you know, these lifestyles and they have these jobs that, Ne- don't don't really fulfill them, um, and they have to continue to pursue these career paths in order to meet their needs um, as far as like their lifestyle needs or whatever. So I do understand that that is a part of the makeup, but I'm speaking to people that has a little bit of time to do their hobbies or their goals. Um, Or their dreams, you know, to build, you know, other businesses. Or maybe to start a podcast, to, you know, be a photographer, to be an event planner, or something like that. So if you are one of those people, I'm talking to you. That's who I am talking to. And like I said, I know it's challenging. I ain't gonna say it ain't, because I know it is. Um, For me, I'm just now getting like in my groove of things. And honestly, I don't work that much as I used to. So I'm one of those people right now that's just talking mess. And telling you that you can do it with your full-time job. And like I said, I have a full-time job. And I have additional things that I do outside of my job. And that takes up my time. But there was a time in my life where I worked maybe 80 hours a week. Like so much. I worked a lot. I was making lectures for four classes and I was running a center for teaching and learning and I was doing a lot of different things at one time and I really had no time for my goals like my jobs were my goals and I understand that and actually I'm I take it back I had my Sundays I was chasing I was recording at the time and I was making content um but I didn't publish anything because it wasn't a priority to me the person that I was recording with didn't prioritize it was having a lot of fun um a lot of the content was stuff that I probably wouldn't want published for the rest of my life (laughs) um and so I don't know like if it means something to you you can make it happen um yeah I feel like that and I could be wrong so somebody can definitely chime in and let me know how wrong i am because it's a chance all right i got something in my eyelashes i don't know what that is good thing i'm not recording the video and we're gonna go on to our next little 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 topic um which is bitch they fit um, we're gonna do the bitch day fit tip of the day, tip of the week. <sighs> I'm looking at this little thing on my wall that says go to the gym three times this week. Yeah, I've been to the gym once this week. is Thursday. Now I've had a, a whirlwind of a week. I ain't gonna hold you. I probably didn't have had a lot of exercise so... <laughs> But I ain't been to the gym, and I feel like, for one, if you a girl, if you one of the girlies like me, like I'm thirty plus, I'm like in my I want to settle down era. Even though I've been emotionally unavailable for some quite some time, and we, you know what, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. I don't know, like, where to put that in. I'm going to put that in the, um... Let's talk about that in our next segment. Let's talk about that in our next, uh, segment. Yeah, um, okay, so... Um... I need to really like I feel like if you the hardest thing about staying fit is not acknowledging like the importance it is that it has within you and like your mental space and things like that. And like how you are falling off and and, and understanding how you're falling off. So this week I've only been to the gym once. Um I could have gone to the gym every day this week for real for real. Like I really should have. What was happening is I was, like, staying up super late um, and, like, not prioritizing my workouts. And so, like, I'll wake up and I'm tired. And so, I'll be, like, sleeping in late. And then I got to do um, work. And then, like, I'm in the middle of something else right now, like I said, that I'm working on that's big deal right now this week. So... I was kind of getting distracted with things and not prioritizing it. But if you got like a man, um, and that's like what you're trying to do, like you're trying to settle down and stuff. Um, you probably should consider working out more like as a, as a, like a part of this program. I feel like that I I'm right. Like I said, right now I'm looking for a man. Like I'm looking to settle down, I'm looking to like really get into that era of my life, and I feel way more confident when I'm like meeting men and I'm like when I'm together, when I'm fit, versus when I haven't been in the gym in a couple of weeks. So I feel like that's a part of the bitch day fit tip. Is if you are in your like soft girl era. And you want men to like take care of you and do stuff for you, and you're ready to settle down. You need to add this gym time to your daily routine because if you aren't gymming it up, um, and you're not out here looking good, like, and you want to provide them, man, what makes him want to provide for you if you're not looking like the one to provide for? Like, that really he's going to work because he knows he got this woman at the crib that he's taking care of that's just about to you know wham bam thank you ma'am him and make sure that he's fit I mean uh, that's how a lot of guys think I'm not speaking for a I'm just speaking for my men and my men be thinking like that um so that's just how I look at it and those are the type of guys I like guys that are simple that's just like okay well I'm going to work. I'm taking care of her. I'm taking care of this. I'm taking care of that. Um, And I just want to chill. Like, you know, and that's the type of woman that I am because I'm providing a space for my man to chill. Um, So saying that to say, a part of that chill is also you being cool within yourself. And going to the gym is really good for your physical body and your mental health. And for me... When I go to the gym and I put them heavy weights up, I'm not really ready to argue with my man about nothing. Like, me and my man don't really have anything to argue about because I didn't put them weights up in the gym. And it's like, okay, I didn't thought about this. It's like, what is we? what am I arguing with him about anyway? Because that's my man. And he holding stuff down. And he taking care of everything. Um, I'm not about to argue with him. I'm just about to go talk to him and tell him how I feel and see if he can meet my needs. You know, meet me where I'm at. And a lot of times, I feel like people think, you know, girls going to the gym, being fit, like they trying to be masculine. But going to the gym takes me completely on my masculine. I mean, that boy's super feminine. Like, I was the other day, the day I did go to the gym this week, the man came up to me, and he was like, oh, your squat form is perfect. And he was definitely shooting a shot, and I was just like, okay, whatever, thanks. Um, I appreciate it. I wasn't giving him no play because, you know, I got me a little situation, situation. And then on top of that... Um, he just wasn't my cup of tea, so I didn't even play into that hand, but yeah, like you can be a really like, you know, nice woman and it really, to me, it helps me out a lot. It really makes me more attractive. Um, it makes me feel better. It makes me more confident within myself. When I'm in a gym regularly. And so, I'm trying to keep that a part of my mindset. And why it's a part of my routine. I need to go to bed earlier. Like, my little situation be trying to get me to go to bed early. And I be just like, I don't sleep, baby. You know, because I don't. So, and I think that's a part of it, too. Like, you have to sleep better. Uh, like, you have to get, um, like, a better sleeping routine. And I have to get a better sleeping routine. Um... Yeah. Period. <clears throat> Not being thought, y'all. Thinking about my man, my man, my man. Um, so, also, within this uh, Bitch Stay Fit tip, protein. Like, eat your protein. Like, protein has grown my glutes. I mean, my glutes have grown. <laughs> I know, like, before I... Uh, like well, not not Before I met my man, but when I met my man, I was sending him photos, and uh, like I was we was sending each other photos about like a va- from va- vacations. On look, what? In, why am I stuttering? It's terrible. Uh, we're sending each other photos from our vacations. And I had sent him this photo from a vacation like a couple of years ago. And I was real skinny because, you know, I was skinny because that's what I wanted to be. And at the time, I had met this dude. Like on that same vacation, I met this dude that was my boyfriend became my boyfriend. Like on the vacation because <laughs> I'm wild. I'm a wild girl. Um, and he was basically like, oh, yeah, but that. You know, that, that backside, that booty um, was, you know, it was was the eye catcher. But I was real thin back then. So, I still had, you know, the curves and everything. So, I'm just going to say, I've been in the gym a lot the past couple of years. And I've grown my booty so, so big. And my, uh, my man was like, when he saw the pictures, he was like, you... You so thin in these photos, and I'm like, yeah. And I don't think he remembered like when he had saw me when he met me, like, cause he looking like, you know, he like your body shape da da da. But I think when we met, I had on this really big coat, so he didn't really. I don't think he was able to see like how big my butt was like he wasn't able to really get an idea he was really just vibing with the way like my face and my swag and my outfit I think I don't know but when he saw me like you know saw me saw me again uh when we went out like our first date he was like that that thing That ain't no, that ain't the same thing that was in that photo from, you know, when you went on vacation, that one vacation. And I'm like, no, you know, I put on a couple of pounds. Like, I done put on, like, 20 pounds since then. I'm like, 10, 20 pounds since then. I said, you know, I've been getting my protein. So, every since then, like, my man hit me up every day and he'd be like, did you eat today? Did you eat your protein? (laughs) And I find that just hilarious because it's like, I'd be telling him, like, i tell him that I want something to eat. Like, the other day I told him I wanted some cheese pizza. And he was like, I don't want that. Like, I want, like, a meat lover pizza. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, we're going to get to." And I'm like, no, I want that because I need protein. And so I just say stuff like that to him all the time as well. So he just say that to me to be like, yeah, did you get your protein? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you eat something? what you eat? And to me, I feel like that that's also a bonding moment with you and your man. Especially if he likes to be fit. If he look good or he wants you to look good, like, he can help you, um, look better. Because you can explain to him, like, the things that you're doing to get here. And if he like it, he gonna make sure you con- con- continue doing it. He might even make you a, um... A protein shake. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I know like, you know, these dudes be cooking and stuff. I ain't never had a dude that didn't cook for me. I'm one of them women that make money and I can cook, but men do not be wanting my food. Like, they just swear they do not want to try it. <laughs> and I don't even make the presentation seem like I'm good at cooking. And i think that's a part of it like they know dang on well like no i'm not eating her food because for one i'm spoiled so they like no she's a spoiled brat so she probably is not cooking nothing then for two like i told my man the other day like all my food is spicy and now he really feels like everything i make is spicy so (laughs) he'd be like this is spicy (laughs) And I was really lying Like all my food is not spicy But I just told him that Like Stop always asking me to cook <laughs> So Yeah I'm on a tangent I don't know what I'm talking about But anyways um, Yeah bitch they fit You know Make it a part of your repertoire um, It'll help you You know help you Keep your your situations in order At least that's how I feel you know, let me know that if, if it helps you all. If it don't, I understand completely, cause you know, people are people. Everybody's different. <sighs> Another thing about bitch, they fit, and I'm gonna get off of this whole glutes thing and this protein. But make sure you get. Oh yeah, that's why I was talking about food, cause you got to eat your protein. Yeah, make sure you get your protein. Yeah, and your man might start cooking for you, making you some nice dinners too. Um. Never mind, I'm off that topic, forget that. So, back to what I was saying about being emotionally unavailable as a woman. I'm going to make this, I'm going to put this in my stay positive tip of the week today. You know, it's literal podcast and you know, what we're trying to do is stay positive, love on ourselves and continue the self-love journey around here. Um, so, going into that, me becoming more emotionally available as a woman, I feel like, Women never talk about being um, emotionally unavailable. And I recently had somebody come at me crazy. And they were like how they were emotionally unavailable and, you know, all this other stuff. Like I wrote, and y'all go check out my book, Self-Love is Literal, in the puddle I saw. It's on Amazon by Brittany Briggs. On Amazon, Self-Love is Literal. And I wrote this whole book coming out of this relationship with this guy recently he's like yeah I was emotionally unavailable so I'm guessing he read my book I don't know cause he know I wrote it Ugh. men are so trash ooh he probably gonna listen to this podcast I don't care it is what it is anyways so and he was saying like he was emotionally unavailable and I was laughing because men always think that they you know are superior or like are have this This identity that we, we as women cannot, aren't comparable. Like, we don't, we don't hold the same weight. Like, it's no way that I could have been emotionally unavailable when he was emotionally unavailable. Like, and I'm like, dude, I was emotionally unavailable in the time as well. Like, if I, when I, when I went through everything, like, you weren't the only person that was emotionally unavailable. And you trying to come at me sideways. With this explanation of your BS. And it's like that doesn't explain anything. Like that's just a cop out. Because yes I was emotionally unavailable. But I can also admit that I was manipulative. That I was being narcissistic. That I was controlling. That I was doing a lot of things. That I was super insecure. Like I can't admit to all those things. Outside of the fact that I was emotionally unavailable. And I feel like as women. We get a bad rep. Like men will identify us as crazy. I feel like my narcissism and my emotionally unavailable attitude appeared as irate, irrational. And I feel like I had created this whole persona within myself and my dating personas. Whereas I pretended to be a certain type of woman. Like I pretended to love these men. Like I pretended to do this. I pretended to do that. Um, because it was fun to pretend to be in love that for me, you know, to be delusional, like, oh yeah, we're so in love, da 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 you know, just making up these stories in our head. It was so it was fun to me to do that. And at the time my man, the dude that just was telling me that he was emotionally unavailable, but, you know, he was eating it up. He was loving it, and like we had this super avoidant attached relationship where it was super lusty we really enjoyed each other each other's company but we hated that we that we didn't love each other like it was like one of those things where it was i like you don't love me i don't love you but we like are in this strong like in this strong manipulative toxic relationship So I feel like so many people are emotionally unavailable, but don't understand it because they're in this act of love, you know, like this, this make believe aspects of what love is. And they're like consciously creating love because love isn't necessarily like real, right? Like love is what we want to make it like who's to really say what love is. Like I always say that love is the opposite of fear for me. Love is just, you know, showing up every day and being positive and not trying to cause anybody harm. But for someone else, they could say love is totally different. Um, And then people say like in love and out of love and all this stuff is a concept. Um, And these things are the goalposts is moved regularly because there's no true, there's no true definitive, like it's ineffable to say love. Like I, I can write a whole paper On how love is ineffable. Like you cannot truly describe love. You cannot truly define love. Um, The feeling. Like I. I, That's how I feel about it. Now. If somebody wants to push back. And tell me. That they truly can. And you're defining it for yourself. You're defining it. Because every loving relationship. Now you want to tell me. Okay romance. Now romance. I can see that. You know that's Definitive. Like we can, we can talk romance, but when you're saying love, like love is very subjective. It's relative. It's, it's not. So anyways, when people say like they're emotionally unavailable, I guess that's a little bit different than love because emotionally unavailable is basically like, you don't have any emotions here. Like I can't provide these emotions for you, but the crazy part is why we don't know that we're like that we are emotionally unavailable is because we have all of these fake emotions running through us like they are they're we're feeling them but they're not true to who we are as beings which sounds crazy like for instance i was in this relationship with this man and i knew nothing really like about him like Nothing real about him. Like, nothing of substance. Like, I didn't know any of his friends. I didn't know any of his family members. Like, knew nothing about him. And, like, our relationship was super surface-based. Um But we were, like, in this weird type of dynamic for, like, three years. Like, and we loved it. Like, we were toxic to each other. We went on dates, like, every other day. We you know, got together as much as possible because he was living in a new town and he didn't have a good relationship with his family. So for him, it was like, okay, I don't don't talk to my family. So why would you even know my family? Me, on my other hand, I talk to my parents and my family every single day. So it's odd. Like I'm basically living a double life because I had this whole situation over here and he knows like he's not integrated into my life and the reality of it so i know more about him than he knows about me and he doesn't really even want to know these things about me so like this not like this isn't like what are we doing here like yeah we had this level of relationship but this isn't something that you can build on and it provided a, it's like it provided a level of emotionally un- emotional emotion emotionally unavailable unavailability for me i was extremely emotionally Emotionally unavailable because it's like I can't build with anybody that doesn't know the people that I love and don't have a relationship with the people that I love. But I didn't understand that until like I got to my age now. So now I'm like meeting people and I'm basically like, okay, well, I like you. I have to integrate you into my life for us to build. Right. And before I was not doing that. I'm not integrating you into my life. Like this, you are this person. You are my friend. Um, we link up, we have fun, we chill, but you don't need to know my mama. You don't need to know my daddy. You don't need to know nothing about nobody. um, yeah, that's where we at. Because I'm emotionally unavailable. Like I don't really want you to be close to me. Because closeness is knowing my folks. You know, closeness is knowing my childhood home. Closeness is because that and and that might not be for everybody. You know, like your emotionally, your emotional availability might be totally different. But for me, my emotionally. Unavel- my emotional availability, I keep saying it wrongly, and I am publishing this podcast just like this. So if you get to this point and you're like, bro, just know it's been a long day. I may or may not have participated in some cannabis. May or may not. We won't say yay or nay. Um but yeah, we're here. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like how I feel about like emotionally unavailability, emotional unavailability availability is for me personally. No, I wasn't available either. You didn't know me for real. I was able to create a persona. I was able to be make believe Brittany in our relationship because there was nobody around to hold me accountable to actually, like, who I truly am as a person. And so because of that, no, yeah, I was extremely emotionally emotional, emotionally unavailable. Like, why would I be available for somebody like you? Somebody that don't even take the time to want to know my family. Somebody that doesn't even want me to know their family. Like, yeah. And so I also recognize that in past relationships, even to him before, like, I didn't want to meet people family. And then when I would meet their family, it'd be like a wrap on a relationship because it's like, okay, now I'm like, I'm in too deep. And how did I get here? Like, why do I know your mama? Um, And so that was also like a red flag for me to know, like, okay, I'm emotionally unavailable. Like, I'm only with this person because like, they're not. They're not, um, uh, they're not, I, I, cause I can't truly be with them. Like, I remember I was in a long distance relationship and I was extremely emotionally undeveloped at that time. It's no way I would have been in a long distance relationship because it's unnecessary. Like, I don't need to be in a long distance relationship. Like I, I look good. <laughs> oh, my mama. <laughs> Like there's like truly no reason for me to be in a long distance relationship. Because like I can meet somebody like at the grocery store. Um, and like, like I said, I was just at the gym and this dude came with me talking about my squat form was perfect. It was really not a big deal. It's like if I just go and you know, get a man I can like it's really it's like it's nothing. Um but the whole thing was, like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, this is my man because, you know, he live in a different state. I ain't got to take him too seriously at this time. At the time, everybody was like they wanted to get married. But I was pretending. Like, I was, like, acting like this was my man, my man, my man. Like, I was doing all types of stuff for him. I was traveling all over the country for him. I was on, you know, doing the most. But when I think back to it, it's like, come on out, girl, be real. Like, I was super irrational. I was super transactional in these relationships because I'm like, no, you got to do X, Y, and Z for me to do X, Y, and Z for you. Like, come on now. Are you emotionally available when you got this man jumping through all of these hoops to do certain things for you? No. Like, I know I'm not. if I'm I'm sitting up here, and I'm putting, like, a price tag on the bajajay, and I'm like, nah, bro, you got to take me to Ocean Prime, you got to take me to here, and you got to take me shopping, um, before you can even, like, before we can even, like, have that level of intimacy, there's a great chance that I might be emotionally unavailable, like, the emotions aren't there. Like I don't, I'm in here. I'm I'm this is like it's the play game for me now. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times as us women we don't really realize that we are putting ourselves in these positions, like we playing these games and that we aren't being emotional and then we'll sit up here and like be crying and all types of stuff and like being manipulative. Am I am I kicking too much game out here? I don't know. I might be, I don't know. But I'm gonna just keep it 100 and just say, I recognized that I was emotionally unavailable for some time, and I realized that I did not hold space for men and in their feelings, period. I did not care about what men felt. I don't care. I didn't care, and it is what it is. I, I felt like that I was the most important person in a relationship, um, and that you needed to be there and do what I needed you to do. I was not emotionally available for any man. You had tears. I ain't wiping them. I don't care. Like, that's just how I was. And for that guy to come at me talking about some I was emotionally undeveloped in our relationship, I'm like, dude, I was dragging you. You just told me that I was evil and all this other stuff in our relationship, and you think that I was loving you at that time? That was love for you? Like, hold on, now, let's be real. Now, who really needs the therapy at this point? And I feel like men sit up here and they do all these cop outs and they make it seem like they were, oh yeah, you know, I just, they think they dogging you. And it's like, you probably not dogging her. She's probably dogging you. Y'all dogging each other. We, we dogs now. Like, this is what's happening. Like, (laughs) you, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I was really fed up that he came at me like, yeah, I was emotionally unavailable. I'm like, bro, what? Like you are emotionally unavailable. Like you, why do you think we were we were attracted to each other? Like I was dragging you, you was dragging me. We drug each other. Like we had carpet burn. Like it was It was it was it was a wild ride there. And I just had to just put that out there uh, about women being emotionally unavailable. And I'm not editing this podcast. I know I said that junk too many times wrongly, but just laugh with me. You know, like, let's do this together. <laughs> so I'm going to get off of that. But hit me up if you feel like you're a woman that you are a woman that has been emotionally unavailable. Um. Yeah, I feel like that's just a part of our makeup. Like, sometimes we get to a point where we're chasing our dreams, our goals. And I don't really got no time for no man and his emotions. And I was there, like emotions. You mad? All right, let me give you nothing. Like what? Like I ain't. Like what you mad for? Like what? What? What do we have to talk about? Like I haven't done anything to you. I haven't hit you up all day. You text me. I text you back. You called me, I called you back, I called you a few times, you ain't hit me back, like, okay, and then that's it, like, now I'm on to the next, and you mad at me, what, 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 what are we doing here? Now, I can say in my last situation, yeah, I was wilding, like, you know, I said we were dragging each other, and maybe he thought that was love. Like, okay, she dragged. Like, she cared about me, da, 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 da. But, boo, I thought you cared about me, too, when I blocked you on everything and you found me on everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I blocked you plenty on everything. Now, you sending me emails. You sending stuff to my my iPad. Like, what's going on here? So, yeah, no, I think we were both on the same tip as far as being emotionally unavailable and still being chaotic. Like, and that's what people do. You can be emotionally unavailable and be in this toxic relationship, be super chaotic and be confusing yourself thinking that it's love and it's really not. And that's just what it is. (sighs) All right, moving on. Uh, Okay, so you know, we do the sales tip of the day. And um, the sales tip for today is uh, check the market data and buy test products. So if you are starting a business or you are launching new products. Please check the market data. I made way too many mistakes buying products that I like and I enjoy. Thinking that other people want them. And they don't. Like, yo, people ain't you. You can love something. And the majority of the world gonna hate it. I know me. Like, I wear these um, these UGG boots. um, Platform UGGs. And... They market it. So, you know, people buying them. But most people, when I got my platform Uggs on, be looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, I, they don't like them at all. They can't stand these boots. Um, so, I'm just saying it to say, everybody don't like what you like, even if it is trendy. So, definitely go ahead and do some data research and know what you're getting yourself into. Because if you're spending too much money on products, you ain't going to launch. You ain't going to have the capital to do your marketing. And then you're going to be feeling like a failure too early on. So doing those test products, doing your market data. And if the market data don't look good, don't don't go for it. Like, yeah, I know you like this product, but baby, you're trying to make some money. You're not making no money doing that. Stop being crazy. Be real. Be realistic. You ain't got to do all types of unnecessary stuff. You just want to make sure you make some stuff happen. All right, so um, I feel like you also don't want to launch until you are, like, confident and consistent in, like, the product materials. There's been way too many times where I've gotten a test product, then I've ordered the bulk products and the material isn't the same. Um, That's an L, you know, usually because... You're not going to get your money back from that. And you might end up selling that product that you don't like. And, you know, usually it's okay because that's your MVP. I mean, that is, yeah, your MVP. That's, that's you are going to get another product out there after you enhance this product. So it could be okay. But you also want to be confident. So you have to be mindful of that. So that's a part of it. So being confident, consistent before you launch, getting those test products. And checking the market data because you don't want to invest in too much product materials when the market data is trash trust me i know i know i know i know <clears throat> all right so um let's talk uh x talk no twitter talk black twitter So, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the girls um, on Twitter that have BBLs. I think the girlies that have paid money to look good like that, you should, you know, give them a round of applause. Now, there are some BBLs that I'd be like, "Eh, I'm not feeling that BBL. Like, I ain't feeling it, sis. That booty is bootying, but it's too much booty back there. And like, it ain't doing what I need it to do for me. Um, so saying that to say. It was a big battle on Twitter about BBLs versus natural girls. And how the men are saying that they prefer the natural girls over the BBL girlies. And I feel like that this is really subjective. Because some BBL girlies, BBLs, look excellent. Some BBL girlies BBLs are killing a natural body. Like, killing a natural body. I mean, killed it. So, I think that the men were saying that and they were speaking from their own personal viewpoints of the women that they date because they know that they going to get some baddie natural body women and, like, they don't have a bad, ooh, this is, this sounds bad. A bad built. I know it sounds like, okay, ooh, I'm going to take it back. Um, they don't have a woman whose shape isn't the, the common influenced shape currently now. You know, the hourglass shape. So maybe she has like a P shape. Or maybe she has like a triangle shape. Um, and... They want their girl to be more of an hourglass shape. So they're going to go and pay for her to have a BBL. So that means they actually want a BBL girly and not a natural body girly. And so like this is all very subjective. You know, it's very relative to what you're experiencing in life. And I feel like this happens often. Like this is what we're doing on Twitter. Is we're talking about things that are really relative to your current uh, experiences in life. Now, personally, I'm not a BBL girly. I've built my BBL, my little booty, booty body in the gym. Um, Right now, I feel like I could get lipo in my arms, and I would be happy with that. Um, I feel like I could get some lipo in my legs, and it would be, you know, a little beneficial for me and my curves. Um, And I could get some lipo in my stomach right now, too, if I really want to keep all of this booty, booty, booty. Um, But... I don't necessarily need a BBL because I kind of have that shape already. So I understand you know where some girlies that with their natural bodies can, you know, kind of outdo a BBL. I can outdo a BBL girl. Like if if uh if a dude put me next to a BBL girl, some of these BBL girls, I'm I'm killing her. Like I know some BBL girlies and I'm like, I wouldn't pay for that body because my body is banging in comparison to that BBL body. No hate, no shade. It's just a fact, you know, because they probably put too much butt back there and her her thighs didn't take. I know a lot of girls that got thigh injections during a BBL and the injection didn't take. So they're the fat, you know, dissolved very quickly. And now they're walking around here with a big old booty. And no thighs to match. And, you know, when you're a natural girlie, you got the thighs to match. But also, when you are a BBL girlie, you might have the thighs to match too. Because you might have been, you know, certain proportionate size. And you just got the BBL because you really got the lift. Right? That was your goal. To lift it up. Um, That's the difference though. You know, people aren't understanding. Like, I just saw a girl that got a BBL on Twitter. Like, I don't know her personally. But she already had a big old, big old, big old, big old, old Joker back there. And so she got a BBL, a truly, she truly got a lift. Now, I think it looks, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look more attractive than before when she didn't have the lift. Um, I think, I'll actually think I liked her body prior to more. But, you know, that's for me. She has a man. Her man was, was with her when she got the BBL. Like, he- Helped her through the recovery and stuff like that, and he supported her. So, I feel like um, it's one of those conversations to be had for maybe like if you can't afford it, if you're one of those men that aren't attempting to afford a BBL for a woman, I can understand that. But I know me personally, like if I'm with a man and he and he and he having his way, and um, I need a mommy makeover, I don't know. I personally probably wouldn't go on the, go on the table. But I would love for him to be saying, okay, yeah, you know, babe, if this is what's going to make you feel better, then why not? Then, yeah, I'll support you in it. And I feel like a lot of men are really caught up in this whole visual thing and not understanding that sometimes it's more to it. Like maybe, you know, she was just trying to be happy and she was just trying to look better and that's what she chose to do because you'll hate her. But I saw everybody dragging some of the girls that was commenting and a lot of girls were saying, like, well, maybe you can't afford a girl with a BBL. Maybe you can't do this. And the men was like, you missing a point. He's just saying he don't like it and the thing, wife and women with BBLs. But I think that's a false narrative. I feel like it's, you know, a lot of women with BBLs that are being wifed. Like I said, I know a lot of women that are in relationships that are getting BBLs while they are in a relationship. I know me personally, like, any guy that I've dated, if I got a BBL while we were in a relationship, they wouldn't like dump me. They'd be like, "Oh," and they always tell me like, "Don't." I don't need any work. Like, no man. Every man has agreed that I don't need any work in no capacity on my body. So, yeah. But I'm I'm pretty sure that if there were was a woman in a life that they like, okay, no, her her boobs are really really small. She could definitely use some new boobs, right? Or no, like that butt is small. Like, like I told my dude, it's like, wait, that ain't the same butt from that one photo that you had sent me. And now he just be like. Oh, y'all, I'm sorry. I had to stop recording for a second. I just hopped off the mic. I got so scared my neighbor was coming home and it sounded like my man was coming in my apartment i'm like i don't he don't have no pee. but you know that's the thing about living living alone anyway somebody get off this mic obviously i'm stoned or something and we're about to just wrap this up but thank y'all for listening to your girl you know i'm out it's literal to pie and um yeah check out my book on amazon um self-love is literal in the puddle i saw i'll holla at y'all peace out